Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Oh, wonderful. I don't know why we get me to preach on Compassion Sunday, but we'll see how we go. That is beautiful. Oh, that really touched me. No one should have to feel like they don't deserve a chance at life. Amen. Woo. All right. I really like what Steve was saying. Thank you, Steve, for coming and giving this opportunity to us to actually make an impact um, and maybe into people's lives that we will never, ever meet. But we've got this great opportunity this morning, church, and I'm so excited for what God is going to do. We have been in a series talking about finance, and so I think it's actually really amazing that we would have compassion come during this series because there needs to be that outflow of our finance into a place of generosity. There needs to be that outflow because if we want to do things God's way, and Pastor Nate spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, then generosity is such a big part of that. I'm not really speaking about that today, but I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Let's get started. Hey, so... Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and those who dwell in it. So this morning, you may be stepping into church for the very first time. I have a truth that's probably going to mess things up for you a little bit. The fact that everything here in the earth and especially your finances, especially the resource in your life, actually belongs to the Lord. But what does that mean for us? It means by default that we are stewards of God and of, of God and his resource and his kingdom and everything that he's given us, it actually makes us stewards by default. But, you know, I always kind of lived with this. Um, I don't know. I'd always get really inspired and really admire people who had businesses and and from that business they would take whatever money that they um, that they made and they would put it into great causes and and I always admired that and I always thought oh God I'm I'm never really going to be able to be in that position because I'm a pastor. <laughs> we um, we do things through church, of course, but as for me and my personal income, I kind of doubted that I'd be able to have that. But recently, God totally arrested my heart. I was like, no, you're wrong. You will be able to be a good steward of what I've got. You will be able to make an impact with what I've given you because you are a steward by design. It's actually in your identity. You see, at creation, when God created, the very first man and woman, what he put into them, into Adam and Eve, was this identity, was this fundamental part in them that they are stewards. God actually spoke that into them. And so when I hear that, okay, everything in the earth is God's, therefore all my stuff is God's, that makes me a steward by default. It's not very inspiring, but when I came to know that, in fact, the way God created me, This part of my identity is that I am a steward for him. It's actually a fundamental part of who we are. But, you know, sometimes uh, I haven't lived out that identity. Sometimes uh, there have been moments where I've taken that identity for granted or really didn't quite understand what it meant and I've abused it. Um, 
And there's one example. Actually, this is where this whole revelation kind of came that I could make a difference with my finance was that one Christmas. And it was funny because Jess Barrett, who um, came last time for Compassion, we're good friends. Um, but she sent me this list of um, fashion labels and companies that um, basically did fashion ethically and then those who didn't. And it was around Christmas time, so it was like a naughty and a nice list. Um, and so I was reading through that and what I realised was that there were a couple of um, of fashion labels on that naughty list that I had bought garments from um, over the last couple of years. And that really... Um, that moment just stood out to me because for me, um, I know of uh, people who, or how that unethical kind of side of things work, that often it leads to people being exploited. It leads to people not actually, they work hard, but they're earning very little for it. And then that feeds into poverty. It feeds into the fact that they're not able to actually um, raise their children with education or even feed them on a daily basis. And so what I realised in that moment is that I stood for something, for freedom for people that they should know that they're valuable and they should be treated with value. And yet my actions with my finance said something differently. And so this was when God began to speak to me about, Beck, it's in your identity to steward what I have given you for my kingdom. And so there is this story in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32. If you've got your Bibles this morning, you can turn to that or just write that down. Luke 15, 11 to 32, where similar story to what I just told you, there was this young man who blew all of his inheritance on the wrong kind of stuff. So here Jesus is telling a story about a man and his two sons. So what happens is that this younger son asks his dad for his share of his inheritance. You know, normally, and, and this is how we live here as well in our world today, is that when we, are, um, when we are to possess our inheritance, it's only when our parents have passed away, right? Like that's the normal way of how things work. And so by the son coming to his father and saying, Dad, I basically want my inheritance now, I, what he was saying is that I wish you were dead and I don't want to do life the way that you do anymore. I actually want to take what, I want to take this uh, inheritance and this possession and I want to use it the way that I want to use it. And this morning, something that God spoke to me about was that whether we know it or not, sometimes we can be like this with our finance towards Him, where we're good with every other area of our life and we're like, God, we want your wisdom, we want to do this your way. But then when it comes to finance, for some reason, it's that area of our life where we just seem to want to hold on to it and not do it God's way. And so like this son, for some of us, we leave our father's house, we leave the covering and the authority and the direction of our heavenly father when it comes to our finances. But we see that with this son in this, um, in this story is that that gets him into a very uh, difficult place. That gets him into a situation that actually wasn't ever the heart of the father. And as I mentioned, in order that Pastor Nate spoke a couple of weeks ago, in order for us to actually live in that new wineskin of having this abundant life and the life that God calls us to, we need to actually do it according to his wisdom and his principles. But let's see what happens to the son. 
So the son takes his inheritance and he leaves his father's house. You can tell he really wants to get far away from his dad uh, because he goes to a faraway country. And what he begins to do there is that he starts to waste his fortune, the Bible says, in reckless and immoral living. You know, whenever I read this story, like the whole reckless and immoral living, I'm like, ah, oh, tis, tis, this son, you know, just stuffing it all up, naughty you. But you know what? When I start to think about my life and my stewardship of my finances, I'm actually no different sometimes, as I'm sure sometimes you have been as well. So for us, uh, leading to our engagement, um, it's when you start to, we're coming up to that time where you start to put a budget together for um, your wedding ceremony and stuff like that. So we were beginning to do that and um, we were talking about how much finance we wanted to bring to that, bring to our wedding, but also bring to our future. Um, and I, I was kind of looking at how much I had in the account and, and this feeling of um, regret kind of came over me because as a single person, as a person who worked casually, um, earned a pretty good wage and who worked in a shopping centre as well, which is probably a rookie mistake, um, but I would work there and what I would do, having the wage that I had, I would spend a lot of money on just, um, for me, it was fashion a lot of the time. Um, I'd save a little bit, but a lot of the spending actually went to to fashion items and apparel and things like that. And so as I was coming to this place of looking into my future and what that would look like financially, all of this regret, regret and this shame started to build up because I hadn't lived, I'd lived like this son. I'd been reckless with my spending and frivolous with it. And so I didn't actually have what I wish I could have had to bring to my future and to my wedding. Maybe for you it hasn't been frivolous spending. Maybe for you it was kind of one big moment where maybe you invested into a business and that landed you in debt. Or maybe you invested into a property and then the property market went down and you lost out a lot. Or maybe it was frivolous spending. Maybe it's just habits and cycles in your life where you just spend unwisely over and over again. Maybe for you it's that... <coughs> And maybe you've begun to see that like this sun, it's not getting you into a place of health. It's actually leading you, it's actually robbing from your future and stealing away from the future that you could have. But for me, it was that frivolous spending. And so I got to see where that led me that I was actually, I'd stolen from my own future. But what went unnoticed was the shame that begun to build up. The fact that I had made these financial mistakes over and over again. And maybe this morning you're actually doing really well with your finance. Maybe you're really wise with it and you've been stewarding it well. Maybe there's another area of your life where you've just made mistake over and over again. And that shame has started to come in. And you know, shame isn't actually just an emotional thing. This is what shame does. Shame says that we are fundamentally flawed. It says that there's something wrong with who we are in our identity. And so in the context of finance, it actually tells us that we're not good with money. It actually tells us that we can't be trusted and that's a far cry from the identity that God has placed in every one of us to be a good steward. 
it actually steals us and it steals away from that call to be a steward for God. And, you know, research has actually shown that when we take on shame, it literally rewires um, the blueprint of our life, the way that we were wired for love and for stewardship and for the identity that God has given us. It rewires us away from that and it gives us a new identity that's governed by shame. And so with this identity of shame of this I am fundamentally flawed there is something wrong with me in my core in my identity in my being so with that when it becomes an identity we start to live out of that and this is what we see with the son's journey that what happens next is that he's wasted all of his money but on top of that there's a famine that comes over the land and so now he's going to the grocery shop And he's crossing off all these things, all these nice things that he wanted on his list saying, okay, those things I have to do without now. But then he's getting to the point where he can't even buy what he needs. He can't even find what he needs. And so he's in a really desperate place now. And and the Bible says that he forces himself on one of the citizens of the country who had a field of pigs. And so he works for this person feeding the pigs in the field. He would, it says that he would have gladly eaten the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger and no one was giving anything to him. You know, I found it interesting reading that passage because um, the Bible says specifically what the pigs were eating. And so I looked it up a little bit and these carob pods, what they did was that they actually would make the pigs fatter, but it wouldn't actually add any quality to the meat itself. And I think what Jesus was saying by putting that detail in there and the fact that it was pigs that he was talking about was to say that this son, this man had spent his money on things that made him look like a baller on the outside, made him look like this rich guy on the outside, living it up, doing whatever he wants. But on the inside, it added no value to him. On the inside, it added added no quality to the person he was. In fact, it detracted because he starts to live out of this identity of shame. And so what he begins to do is that he reaches for anything. He reaches for this job and that's what shame does to us. It's, it makes us reach for things that are not what maybe God has for us, but we just need it because we need to get by. And the son, he begins to blame other people. He begins to force his problems on other people as well. And, and maybe that's been you. Maybe you've been in a financially difficult place and it's caused you so much stress and caused you so much shame, brought you so much shame that you've begun to live out of that identity and you've begun to force your problems on other people people or maybe blame other situations and circumstance for the mistakes you made. Maybe that's where you've been, but maybe you're actually settling for much less than what God has for you because of this identity of shame. You know, I remember sitting with this one couple and um, what had happened was they uh, wanted to help um, this uh, friend that they knew come out of a difficult financial situation. And so what they did was they sacrificed in order to help these people out and they actually ended up in financial debt in order to help them out. It was an unwise choice. It was a mistake because it actually stole away from their future. But you know what? They didn't actually learn from that and they actually went on to get into further financial debt in helping someone else. 
But you know what? Thinking about that, about that situation that these people decided to go through, I don't think, I don't think they did that consciously. You know what? I think it was shame actually speaking to them and saying that you need to get yourself out of this situation. You need to uh, maybe be generous again so that it'll make up for your mistakes in the past. But the problem with shame is that it's not an external issue. It can't be resolved externally because it's an internal issue. It's an internal problem. And you know what's really funny? That at any point the father could have come and bailed out his son. He still had his property. He still had life going really well for him. And he could have come and rescued his son. But I think the father was wise in that he let his son go through what he did. It wasn't the father's plan for him to go through that, but he allowed it in order for the son to actually receive wisdom, in order for the son to actually learn a lesson and be able to return to the father. Because that's what we see that happens next. The sun has a light bulb moment. The light comes on. And the Bible says he comes to his senses and says, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough food while I'm dying here of hunger? I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy Here's the shame talking. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. And so what the son does is that he leaves the pig feeding life. He leaves the life of trying to look great on the outside and yet shame is eating him up on the inside. He's done with that kind of life and he returns to the father's house. The Bible says that but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, he has that speech all over, and he says, Father, I've sinned. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring out the best robe for the guest of honor and put it on him. And give him a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet. You know, the thing I love most about this story is how easy the father makes it for the son to return home. The son, he's got his speech all prepared and at the core of it is this sense of I'm not worthy. I've got shame. I'm not worthy because of all these mistakes I've made. And yet the father... He gives him no room. He gives him no space at all to entertain the fact that the father might reject him. But instead, he runs to him and he says, go and get my best robe. Go and get a ring for him. Go and get the sandals for him. Because he didn't want his son to live in that shame anymore. I love that, that the father removed any slightest chance for the son to actually live in that And, you know, that's what we actually have in Jesus. The Bible talks about how he went to the cross. I'm going to read this scripture out to you, actually. It's in Hebrews. It says, Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, when we come back to God, when we choose that we've had enough, we've had enough of the life of trying to make it all work on the outside and yet living out of shame on the inside, when we come 
come back to God, God runs to us and he cloaks us in Jesus Christ. He gives us a robe of righteousness and he says, you know what, your shame is not going to dictate to you anymore, but I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to wrap you in my salvation. The Bible talks about how it's Jesus's blood that washes away our sin and our shame. And it's the sin of our lives. It's the past mistakes. It's the falling short that that has caused sin to come into our life. But in Jesus's death and resurrection, God comes to us and he says, you son, daughter, you don't have to live in that shame anymore, but I'm going to put my robe of righteousness over you and I'm going to cover your shame. You see, the son, when he came back to the father's house, he would have looked shameful. He would have had the evidence, the stains, the dirt, the grot on his clothes that represent, represented his past mistakes. I want you to get this church, but the father came to him and he said, I'm going to get the best robe. The best person that could have gone to the cross for us was Jesus. I'm going to get Jesus and I'm going to cover your sin. I'm going to cover your shame with Jesus. And so this morning, actually I'm going to ask the band if you can come up and help me. This morning, I want to put an invitation out to you. Where are you at with this issue of shame in your life? And you know, I know we're in a finance series. And if you want, if this is the area where that's where you feel shame has actually attached onto your identity, then then that's great. But you know what? I believe in this room there are people who are living with shame that's dictating to your identity. And it might not be in the area of finance, but it's in some other area. And you're living out a life that is not according to what the Father would have for you. It's not. It's robbing from you. It's stealing from you. It's stealing from your future. And so this morning, if that resonates with you, if you know in your heart that, yes, actually when I wake up in the morning, all I can see are my mistakes. Yes, actually when I go and step out of my comfort zone or try a different opportunity, all that is talking to me is my past mistakes and this sense of shame. This morning, if that's you, I want you to know that Jesus has paid the price for your sin and for your shame, that you don't have to live with the identity of shame any longer because you know what the Bible also says about Jesus is that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So you know what Jesus is? He's our prototype for our DNA. He's the prototype for our identity. And so when we come to Jesus, we don't only get that robe of righteousness that covers our shame, but we have our identity restored back to how God intended us to be, good stewards of His resource and His kingdom. So right now, I just want to ask every person to bow their heads and close their eyes because what I want to do is I want to ask you, if shame is informing your identity and telling you that you are less telling you that you are a mistake or that you are fundamentally flawed in area, er, any area of your life this morning, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the only one who is able to wash away your sin, make you righteous 
and restore your identity. So if that's you this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to say a prayer together. And the Bible says that if you want to come into a relationship with Christ, then all you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He is Lord and that He was raised from the dead to wash away your sin, to wash away your shame and your guilt so that you can be a new creation. You can be restored to your identity in Christ. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer together. Pray, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Be my Lord and be my Saviour. I give you the shame I've carried and I accept your identity. Thank you for your grace. In your powerful name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just while everyone has their head bowed and eyes closed. I just want to pray because I believe that there are people here who are so sick of living out of their past mistakes, are so sick of the cycle that they're in because of shame. This morning, Holy Spirit is here and He is here to bring freedom to you. If you've just invited Jesus into your life, into this area of your life in particular, freedom is already coming to you. But right now, I just believe that God wants to do a full work. He wants you to know that you're restored, that your identity is restored. You are rewired now for love and not for shame. You are exactly who He says you are. You are not a mistake. You have been chosen by Him. And I love this song that we've been singing, that we are who God says we are. But shame would tell you that you're not. Shame would tell you that you're a mistake. But this morning, God's Spirit is here to tell you, to speak into the heart of your hearts, to speak into your mind and help you in that rewiring. He wants to tell you that you are His son. You are His daughter. You are not a mistake, but you are made by design, that you are perfect in every way, that you are healed, that you are whole, that you are the apple of His eye, that He loves you, that you are destined for good and good things alone, that goodness and mercy will follow you, that you can bank on God being kind to you and good to you because the Father loves you, the Father embraces you, He runs to you, He covers your shame, He gets rid of any stain, you are polished, you are perfect, you are perfect in Jesus. Jesus' name. So God, I thank you for that revelation this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would wash away our shame. God, that you would take away the guilt of past mistakes right now. And Holy Spirit, we declare your life. We declare your freedom. God, we declare that we are people that you say we are, God. We will no longer let our mistakes tell us who we are. We will no longer let shame dictate who we are. But Jesus, we want to live out of the identity that you've given us. God, we want to believe again that we are good stewards, that we can be trusted with the resource you've given us. God, that we can be trusted to extend your kingdom. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, in this story, The robe represents covering of our shame. But you know what the ring stands for? It says that the father placed a ring on the son's finger 
And the ring or a ring in the Bible always meant that authority, that responsibility was being given. And in this situation, the son was being reinstated as a steward. But you know what? This is what I love, is that in order for us and in order for this son to be fully healed of his shame, he actually needed to become a steward again. He actually needed to take what the Father had given him. We need to take what God has given us and actually do something for His kingdom for it. Did a bit of research into this and there's a very real scientifically proven stat that helping others actually helps us heal from shame of a factor of 68%. It's up there on the screen. And so when God calls us stewards, it was actually to come back to bless us as well. When we reach out, when we help someone, maybe today for some of you, it's sponsoring a child for the first time, second time, third time, whatever it is. But God says that when you help others, when you commit to extending His kingdom and using your resource and your finance for His kingdom expansion, you know what? You actually step into the fullness of your identity as stewards of God. You helping others, you giving to others, you being generous sets you free. It actually heals you. So this morning, I want everyone to stand to your feet. God was very deliberate this morning in saying that I want to give an opportunity, I want to give a space to you this morning to receive the ring back, especially if you've been dealing with shame. God is placing a ring back on your finger and saying, no, you are not a mistake. No, you are good with finance. You are a steward of my precious resource. I've entrusted it to you. God is placing the ring back on some of your fingers. And you actually need this moment to ask God again, to open yourself up again and ask Him. No matter how scary it is, no matter how much your mistakes might be dictating you, but ask Him again, God, what is it that I want you that you would have me do with my finance, with the resource that you've given me. God, what is it you would have me do? And so the band's gonna play this song, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. Just individually between you and God, we're gonna ask God, God, I receive your covering and your washing of my shame. And God, this morning, I want to be that steward that you've called me to be. God, what is it that's in my hand that I can use for your kingdom extension? So come on, as the band sings, why don't you begin to pray? This is a moment between you and God. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.